Welcome to the Service Driven Life Podcast. I am your host, Tracy Clark, and I have set up over 4,000 nonprofits and received over $10 million in grant funding. This podcast is designed to highlight community heroes and give tips on nonprofit and service-based business growth. Welcome back, Earth Angels. I have been talking to some amazing women these past like couple of months. Um, women who are who are starting a nonprofit, women now who work in nonprofits and work with helping and assisting nonprofits. And I have another amazing sister who is joining us today. She helps nonprofit organizations. I'm going to let her tell you about herself and tell you about what she does. Her name is Miriam. Miriam, can you tell us a little bit about what you do? Absolutely. Well, first, Miss Tracy, thank you so much for having me onto your podcast. This is a great honor uh, to be on here to speak to all of your uh, your guests, your clients, and everyone that uh, has a listening ear. Uh, so, um, well, as you mentioned, my name is Miriam. Uh, I've been um, a nonprofit consultant nearly three years now. Uh, I started working for a nonprofit uh, consulting company uh, about two years ago. Um, and that's where I actually learned how to form nonprofit organizations and the ins and outs of what it takes to, to, to actually create entities. Uh, but I've also spent 10 plus years working for nonprofits. So I have experience on both ends. That is awesome. That is some really good experience. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like just seeing seeing on both ways because as a nonprofit, when you're working for a nonprofit and you're on the staff side, it's like especially because these are typically large nonprofits who can afford staffing at the time. It's like a mm-hmm. whole different scope from starting a nonprofit from scratch. So you have a very yes. unique perspective there. What are the biggest mistakes that you see coming from that perspective of seeing large nonprofits run and then you know seeing new nonprofits? What are those? those mistakes you see people make kind of over and over again? Uh, for So like your nonprofits, they try to come out of the gate being being at the same level as larger nonprofits. And it's just like, oh, y'all, it took them years to get to the mm-hmm. level that there are to be able to try to hire staff. I mean, you talk about the hustle and grind that it took their board members to go out there and fundraise and to get uh, people to know about the organization and things like that. And smaller nonprofits try to come out of the gate trying to be on that level. And it's just like they they try to do so much at, at, at once and it gets overwhelming. And instead of them trying to build something uh, long lasting, they end up crashing some 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 of them within their first couple of years of of forming, which is unfortunate. Uh, but part of my job is as pretty much like a I know I do consulting, but I, what I pretty much do is coaching. Uh, I I try to coach my clients through the process and try to walk them through like, hey, it's going to take some time for you to get to this level, to that level, you know, try to walk them through the process one step at a time instead of them trying to be so overwhelmed and try to do so much at one time uh, because it it just doesn't work out for them when they try to be at, you know, a larger nonprofits level coming out of the gate. That is some good advice. That is some good advice. That's why I talk about a lot when it comes to the grant world as well, because Mm -hmm. that's one of the biggest mistakes I see is a lot of times nonprofits will either apply for grant funding that's way more than what they should be applying for as a new nonprofit. 
Mm -hmm. or apply for grant funding without fully reading the instructions and qualifications and things like that. I was interviewing um, one of our nonprofit organizations who got two grants in her first year yesterday, or no, last week, Friday. And she was actually saying that one of her biggest things, her first step was to really thoroughly read the instructions. And I was like, so many people skim through that part and don't realize like, oh, well, this nonprofit or this foundation doesn't even give to new nonprofit organizations possibly, you know? And so right. it's so important for you to look at those details. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, oh my goodness. I can't, I can't tell you. <laughs> that is one of the biggest things, especially with nonprofits when it comes to try to get funding, especially with the grant funding. But you're absolutely right. Reading is the key. And, I, and it goes back to they're in such a hurry to try to get to those like at, like those big level nonprofit status that they overlook a lot of things, you know, in business. It's it's you got to take your time. It's a new business and it will eventually get there. But if you are in a big rush, you're going to overlook and you're actually setting your organization up for failure, then you are setting it up for success. Absolutely. Taking it one step at a time, taking mm -hmm. those really, really taking those baby steps and being grateful. I've had a nonprofit organization that got their first grant and it was for lower than what they thought, but it was for a really, really from a really big store, a big company. Um, and I'm like, you know what? It doesn't matter. You are partnered with this store. I think, what was it? Uh, it wasn't Home Depot. It was Sam's Club. It was Sam's Club. And mm. they gave them a, um, a Sam's Club gift card and the amount just wasn't what they wanted. But I'm like, you know, this is a partnership. You have to look at it as more than just the amount. This is something that you get to add to your resume. And today it may be this amount. Yes. And as you're building up, you know, a couple of months from now, that amount may get higher and may get higher. So I would say also just have, kind of having gratitude for any amount that you're receiving for every step that you're making and every partnership as a new nonprofit is a, a, a good absolutely. Mm -hmm. absolutely I try to tell my clients you know I try, I try to give them you know if they allow me to give them a little scripture there is a scripture that talks about hey do not despise small beginnings yeah right so and, and a lot of times what newer nonprofits don't realize is that um the hustle is in building relationships right mm. so while the sales gift card might be small don't sit there and despise that little small that gift card because it's a stepping stone to a bigger relationship you know because next year they're going to remember your organization and probably give you more you mm -hmm. know so it's, it's it's just good to like hey don't sit there and get defeated or get discouraged because like you only got a foot in the door praise god for the foot in the door because yes Else got, you know, so yeah, I have to tell you know, you are nonprofits that all the time, absolutely. And even they may even remember your reaction to it, you know, because if you do feel like it's a small amount and this ain't nothing, all that, then you probably wouldn't write a thank you note, you probably wouldn't, you know, because of those feelings that you have. So, having that reaction and thanking, yeah, thanking God for every single thing, any, any amount that you get, because anything you get is more than what you had, and it's somebody who believe who's believing in your organization and believing in you. You know, yes. so, um, it's a it's really a snowball effect. I find with grants grants is like the number one topic. I don't know if it's like that with you as well, uh, but grants like people want to talk about grants immediately when they first start. Is it the same thing on your end? Oh, my gosh. People who haven't even found the first document yet. Like <laughs> <laughs> The first thing that comes out of their mouth is how do I get grant funding? I'm like, OK, uh, first of all, let's get you incorporated with the state. And 
to use some grant funding. Let's form the organization first, and then we can go into how you generate funding within your organization. But I think, well, for me, with, with a lot of my clients, I try to give them other options to keep in yeah. mind besides grants, because grants, it's a very, it's a long process and they don't understand that. All right. Mm -hmm. um, it's not immediate money. Mm -hmm. All right. It, it's not necessarily guaranteed that you're going to get this money again, you mm -hmm. know? Uh, so there's a lot that goes into it. So I try to tell my clients, I say, listen, what you really need to be focusing on is out there building those relationships. So getting those corporate sponsorships, mm -hmm. uh, corporations, establishing those relationships in your community and getting the community on board. I always tell my clients this, your services are to serve the community. So make the community pay for it, right? Yes. Fundraisers throughout the community to getting, building relationships to where you get private donors, you know? Um, these, are, these are ways that you're going to constantly be bringing in revenue. As a matter of fact, that's going to be the bulk of your re revenue versus grants. You know, mm -hmm. uh, because it's, it's just a longer process and it's just very stimulus, you know, so but you need to be able to access money, you know, very, very quickly. You know, if you host a fundraiser, you could get five grand. Hey, that's five grand on the spot versus it might take a couple of weeks for them to give you the grant money. And you might need that money today, you know, so exactly, exactly. And it's yeah. very inconsistent as well. You might get a grant in two months and then you might get another one the next month and assume oh okay then you might not get another grant for six months so you are absolutely right and the thing that really encourages me is that when I'm serving on some of the larger boards that I serve on guess mm -hmm. what that same information you just gave is what they are still doing even once they are bringing in hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars they still have a group of individuals that's all about building relationships getting the community involved and just keeping those relationships going because it's an ongoing thing it's a constant nurturing that you're doing with the people that are supporting you so, Absolutely. so yeah I, i'll tell you this real quick i had a client uh, when I was working for the consulting company, he called me up and and he was you know very distraught because uh, I think it was it was during COVID and he was funding his organization through state funding. He was getting state grants and that's that's how he was getting funding. So when the state shut down and those funds needed to go elsewhere, they stopped giving to his organization and hmm. to take care of some men. And because the fund the state stopped funding his organization. He had no way of taking care of the men he was taking care of because that was his only source. Hmm. So one thing that clients need to understand is grants cannot be your only source because if anything were to happen, especially if it's governmental grants, if anything were to happen, like like what happened with COVID, the state and the government is going to uh, take shift their resources elsewhere what's needed. Yeah. That means your well runs dry. But if you've been out there hustling with and got and have a um, a variety of different sources of different means of how you're generating funding, then it doesn't matter what happens to the economy, you're still getting income coming into your organization. So that's one thing that's that's an, that nonprofits need to keep in mind as well. Absolutely. Having those multiple streams of income. I talk a lot with my nonprofits um, and actually we're doing a whole, our next uh, cohort that we're doing for our training is going to be fully dedicated 
to creating products and services as a nonprofit organization. Because as long mm. as they are aligned with the nonprofit organization's mission, you can have products and services like the YMCA that utilizes um, being able to provide health services and things like that to the community to be able to support other area of the areas of the community. And if for some of the people who may not have a YMCA in their area, they charge maybe a hundred or something, I think dollars, for a family to come and be able to utilize the classes and the fitness equipment and all of those things. But they also have a program for those who are low income and you give them your information, you give them everything that they need and they're able to chart, you're able to pay, I think 25% of that if you are low income. So you can have products and services in which, like you said, having the community pay for what you are creating for the community yeah. as well. So I like to let people know that because sometimes when they hear the word nonprofit, they, they don't understand that that can be a source of income as well. Um, I also serve on the board of a nonprofit organization that is a transitional home. So they do get um, some state funding and things like that as well uh, and grants in that form because they have housing available. So they utilize like section, I think it's section 42, where they're able to know the client does not have to pay for it. Um, but the actual there's actual programs that are paying for it and that's an income stream that they have coming in as well well and that's incredible I think nonprofits need to know that that type of information so it's great that you're offering that class to get them outside of the bubble of i can only fund one way you know exactly so exactly just multiple streams and it's going to keep you i think a little bit more sane because I think about when I first started my business, and actually, I think we chatted about this uh, offline a little bit. Uh, when I first started my business, and one of the things I did, guys, I met Miriam on Fiverr. And I've been on Fiverr. Actually, this year, I will be coming up on my 10th year anniversary on Fiverr. Awesome. <laughs> I just realized that. <laughs> and, um, Fiverr was one of several things I was doing one day to generate revenue and to connect with clients for my organization. Um, I was like, oh, okay, this is a great way. Let me pop this on here. I had no idea that I would go on to generate multiple, several multiple six figures on Fiverr, over 500 reviews, thousands of orders. I just had no idea that that would be something that would pour so much back into us. Um, it was one of multiple things, you know? And so you never know, sometimes the plan that you had, so you might've thought in your head that grants was gonna be your way and that was gonna be the main source and the main funding, but you never know. A lot of our nonprofits, um, we have one nonprofit that they provide a food program for the community, but their main services is actually um, is actually Christian teaching and workshops and things like that. But for some reason, their food program has like gotten all of this funding and community recognition and they have become, they never set out. That was just one of the ways they were giving back as a Christian organization to feed the community. And that organization, that portion or that program ended up being the main resource for the entire organization. So you just really never know. You just never know. And I'll tell you this. I had one client who uh, it was amazing because before he even formed the nonprofit or even filed a single document, he managed to raise $60,000 in funding. Wow. And I, asked him, I, said, I said, how did you do that? And he says, oh, I just talked to family and friends about the vision that I had. And they got so excited that they just started giving <laughs> 
That is amazing. That is amazing. That is just a, that is, oh my goodness. That's just a, a tip. Yeah, it's like just, a t- just it's just a, um, so important for people to know that just putting yourself out there, telling people what you're doing, mm-hmm. telling people about, because if yes. it's something that you're passionate about and something that you see an area in that really needs to be fixed, you better believe there's going to be other people who are passionate about it as well and who want to support you as well. Yes. I have a, a similar story to that. I have I have one client that actually did that exact same thing and he requested a specific amount. Like I think it's, I want to say it's like $100 a month that he actually requested from families and friends mm-hmm. to do what he's doing. Wow. And now he's like, now he's to the point now where he has hundreds of supporters paying a monthly amount for him to be able to do the things he does wow. a lot of work over overseas and things like that and I'm like just with that one simple thought and that simple um system that he created he was able to generate what he needs on a consistent basis outside of grants to be able to do the things that he's doing in the community then I had another one very similar to yours as well um he brought in 75,000 on the day the first day that he got his 501c3 he got a 75,000 dollar grant and I asked him the same thing, like, oh, my goodness, you know, because we applied and he was hoping that it would come in on time. And he was like, he has been in the community, exactly like you said, any yes. church that allows him to speak, any library that yes. allows him to speak, anywhere that would help, that would let him put his program on, which his program is all about relationships and building better family, business, um, mm-hmm. building better relationships in any of those atmospheres. Anywhere that would allow him to put on that program, he would put it on. Wow. That that those stories right there are just incredible. But if you if you hear the common theme in all three of those stories, it's people out there making those connections, sharing their vision, telling their story and, and their heart behind the organization that they want to form. Uh, I get I get a lot of clients who are very shy. Mm-hmm. and don't want to get they they want the money they want the money coming in but they they refuse to go out there and do the footwork yeah. you know uh, uh for their nonprofit. but I'm like if you don't tell the story about your organization how how will people know about who you are and what you do and the incredible work that you're doing in the community you know so you, this is not something that you can be shy about either you do it or have somebody on your board go out and be that spokesperson because you got to have somebody out there talking and getting other people excited about the things that you're doing because that's how donors get interested in wanting to give to your cause absolutely that is 100% True. And I think that the reason why some people get a little shy is sometimes they put themselves too much into it. And I noticed Mm. that I actually was just uh, talking to someone or doing like, I think it was another podcast interview, actually. And they were saying how much like they just took themselves out of the situation. This mission Mm. is not just about themselves. And so when they're speaking and when you're sharing the mission and you're taking yourself out of it, they're not saying no to you if someone says no. They're just saying that they couldn't support the mission or the program at that time. But when you take yourself out of it and you make it about supporting the mission and make it about creating awareness around your mission and the thing you're passionate about and creating change in this area, it becomes easier and easier for you to put yourself out there. Like, okay, it's not about me and what they think about me. It's about that. I I feel like I've been called to serve this mission. So in order for people to know about it or to give to it, they have to know about it. Exactly. So I have to be willing to go ahead and open my mouth 
And it's so much easier these this day and age to do that. We have this lovely device in our hand that we can pick up and talk to yes. hundreds or even 10, 20. It doesn't matter the amount of people by simply doing a small little 30 second video or even a yes. written post. If you would prefer that type, you know, if you're a little bit more shy, you want to write something up, you can even do mm -hmm. a blog post or something of that nature. But there is a way for you to connect with people in an easy way on a daily basis. You know, mm, yes. we used to have to put out flyers. My mom was an entrepreneur. And so she always had us had, handing out flyers for all kinds of things, like putting flyers <laughs> on cars, going and walking up to people, all kinds of stuff. And I'm like, you don't have to do that no more these this day and age. So this is the Absolutely. best time, best time to yes. market. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Are there any, any other tips you would give new um, organizations? Um, so definitely you, you want to make sure that you have a great solid team, uh, because your team, like your board of directors can make or break your organization, you know, uh, outside of funding, um, your, the board of directors is the, the biggest conversation that I have with clients, uh, because you want to make sure that you, you have, you have people willing to roll up their sleeves and go to work. Uh, hmm. because board of directors, they, they are volunteers, you know, it's not a paid position. So you really have to be passionate about what it is that you're, you're doing. You know, you really have to have that vision in mind and you really want to give to the cause because board members are going to be the ones pouring into the organization, you know? Uh, so I, I talk to my clients and it's very important that you have, you know, you have some people that, you know, you can trust. And I know people like to go to family and friends for the easy yes. But uh, what I advise my clients, and if they are, you know, these people who do pray, just really pray and ask God, Lord, send me the right board members, you mm -hmm. know, send me the right team uh, to, 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 to be able to carry out this vision so that it can create legacy. You know, we go from vision to legacy, you know, um, and so it's very important that when you're out there, when you're at the beginning stages of, of, of your organization, once you have the idea and you really want, and you know that what services that you want to offer, the next thing you need to do is I need to go get a solid team. And then Ms. Tracy, I've heard you say this before on some of your other podcasts and you're saying like, hey, it's best to get the board of directors involved at the very beginning stages. So yeah. they feel like that they're a part of the process, you mm -hmm. know, uh, because if they feel like they're a part of the process and they have a hand in helping you build this vision of this organization, it makes them more willing to want to roll up their sleeves to get even more involved, you know, in helping in helping the, 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 the vision of the organization. So it's very important for when you're starting an organ, a, a nonprofit or any business that you want to make sure that you have the right team members to help you carry out this vision. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with that more. And I think sometimes as a founder of an organization, we get a little bit, uh, sometimes a little bit overly tied to the organization. And I've heard a lot of founders yes. say like, oh, you know, I'm going to, um, I want to make sure the organization's all up and going and everything is clear and everything is nice and pretty and done before I invite on board members. 
um, you know, so that they so that when they're looking at it, it looks like a professional organization and they're deciding amongst that. And I just always say, like you like I like you just said, no, get them on at the beginning because you mm-hmm. want to have other sets of eyes on all of these things, on the mission, mm-hmm. on the vision, on the, you know, get them on, get other people on sooner than later, so that again they can feel a part of everything and they can feel like this is something that we are building. Because as a nonprofit, what I love about it is it is it's really truly one of the only types of organizations that you can start that the goal from the very beginning, it really cannot be done solopreneur style. You are from the beginning building relationships. You have to build a board relationship. You have to build relationships with volunteers. You are, this is something, you have to build relationships Mm. with the community. You know, you're building relationships with funders. It is a relationship type thing. And that is the, that's almost the start and the core of the relationships you're going to build. It starts with the board. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so I tell my clients, I said, listen, your, your board, it can, it can either make your organization or it can break your organization. And I can't tell you how many, I had one client a couple of months ago and, you know, because he found me through Fiverr and uh, he just goes on, he goes, listen, I'm just here because my board is a mess. You know, he had one board member, you know, refusing to leave. Uh, I think they probably had to call the authorities because he physically wouldn't leave the building. Oh my goodness. Uh, that they 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 voted him off the board and he just wouldn't leave. Uh, but it, it it was it was a mess. It was an outright mess, you know, but it was just, you know, the the people that you know he had on the board and, and it wasn't he wasn't going after people who had the right vision. He wasn't going after it. it the, the organization didn't form on those bases or that foundation. It was like, who was an easy yes? You know, yeah. uh, whoever was an easy yes, I'll put their name on the documentation and we'll just go from there. But unfortunately, he had to learn the hard way. And that's not how you form a board. That's not how you form the organization. You know, yes. so uh, it, it happens. It can get very messy when it comes to board of directors. But I'm not saying this to dis- to discourage mm-hmm. anyone. All right. But I am saying this to encourage you to make sure that you um that you get the right teammates for your organization, because legacy is the goal and you want to get people that that's looking to roll up their sleeves and actually and help build you know so absolutely and i've really noticed that that successful nonprofit organizations are always have their eyes open for board members and actually that's what i'm noticing serving on a board that's one of our duties to always be looking in the community and identifying someone that may be a beneficial to the board as well and just really thinking about how can your board, how can this individual benefit the organization? And sometimes it's sometimes it's hard to think like that, or people are like, oh, you know, I don't know if I want, but you really want to know what are they going to be able to bring to the organization, whether it be through yes. their connections, whether it be just, um, just as there are sometimes there's people who have a name that's tied to mm-hmm. different types of um, um, programs and things in the community that can be beneficial um, to a board. You know, sometimes whatever someone's um, career is, they may work in the grant area or maybe even in banking or finance, mm-hmm. which would be great for a treasurer. You know, just really thinking, what do they naturally do that's going to benefit the organization and the mission because you are here as the person who is who are looking for people to serve on the board you are looking for people to speak for the mission that you'll be serving so that's an important role yes 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So Absolutely. I think Absolutely. that's a really good tip on board. So we talked about boards in wrapping guys. We talked about board. We talked a little bit about grants and where your mind should be there. I know you mentioned a little bit about um, prayer and a little bit about mindset, but is there anything else in that specific area? It is my absolute favorite topic because um, I always say no matter what you have in place, no matter what system you have in place, what type of organization, anything, if it's on a bad mindset, you'll never be able to outwork a bad mindset. And, you know, just your mindset and what you're going to believe about your organization when things don't necessarily go according to plan, when you may get that no from that first board member request, um, when you get that first no grant, what you do with those thoughts is so important. Do you do any coaching in this specific area? Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, uh, not, not directly. Uh, mm -hmm. I do it more so in an indirectly way as I am encouraging because I try to get my clients to shift their mindset from individualism to, um, community being a business, mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, cause, cause, cause often they're, they're one track minded. Uh, they just like, hey, I got this great idea. I'm helping people in the community. I just want to form this as a business. And they don't have the business mindset to actually run an organization. So I try to, mm -hmm. I try to help them, listen, shift your mindset, shift it from just being it about you and shift it to about the organization mm -hmm. and how you're going to how you gonna grow and develop this business for long term. So I try to tell them like, listen, you're, it's, yes, you have to take care of business for right now. But also you have to think about the future of the business as well. So you have different hmm. mindsets to bring to the table when you're forming a nonprofit. So this is no longer about you, but this is now a business that you're running, you know? So I try to get my clients to, 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 to transfer their mindset in that way, but that would be something great to implement, you know, um, instead of you going in with the, cause, cause people can get defeated, right? Yeah. But you have, have mm -hmm. a, a, a my pastor, for instance, is, is teaching a series on growth in our church, right? And one of the requirements for growth is that you have to have a winning mindset. You're never going to grow if you don't have a winning mindset. So mm -hmm. it doesn't matter how many doors close in your face, your mindset always has to be, I just need that one yes. I'm going to yes. go after I get that one yes until that one door opens up for me I'm, I'm going to continue to go after it so you can't get discouraged with the no's you can't get discouraged with the not right now's you can't get discouraged with with people not being as involved or engaged as you want it to be but if you're if you're going to be consistent at it and always have that mindset of like you know what my breakthrough is coming my breakthrough is coming, like just having that continual uh, winning mindset that, that my organization, like this organization will succeed and it will breed longevity, you know? So that is very important for you to have when you're starting up a nonprofit, especially starting nonprofits, because you're looking at the, you're looking at bigger nonprofits, you're looking at people who, um, who are out there getting it. I, mm -hmm. One of the things that I don't know about you, Ms. Tracy, one of the things that I've found with my clients is they like to compare themselves a lot mm -hmm. to other organizations in their community. They go, well, I don't know how this person down the street keep getting grants, or I don't know what they're doing, and I don't know how they're doing it, and, and, and they seem to be doing, they're doing something that I'm not doing, and, I, and they get frustrated because they're looking at somebody else's vision. They're looking at doors opening for somebody else, and they're getting discouraged instead of focusing on their own organization and trying to help it grow and trying to help it mm -hmm. build it it and stuff like that you know so um it 
try to shift them from being an individual to, hey, you're a business now. So you got to start thinking and walking and talking like a business, you know, uh, owner or, or a person that's over a business, you know, and then you have to have that winning mindset. Like, no, my, or this organization will succeed and it will breed longevity. That is good. That is good. That is powerful because like you said, that winning mindset, having a winning mindset is not necessarily tied to the circumstances. You know, it's like doing, I like to say you, the results is really, the results is really not your part to focus on. Your part to focus on is the action steps you need to be taking on a daily basis. Those relationships, applying for some of those grants, Mm -hmm. um, really thinking about and praying about the board members that you're going to be having on your board, picking up the phone and making that phone call that you know you need to make or send that email. These are the action steps that you need to be focused on. What happens after that, you have absolutely no control over. You just assess those results and then you adjust. And then you make your next action step. And mm-hmm. I find when people are focused on mm-hmm. their part and not focused on everything else, I find the same thing in social media with some of my um, nonprofits and clients. Like they focus so much on these mm-hmm. huge vanity numbers. And, you know, I've been hearing so much about so many influencers right now, the theme of it don't matter really your follower amount. It matters how many people actually are supporting and engaging with what you're doing. If people are just following and not supporting in any type of way and not really true followers, who, why, why do you want that anyway? That's doing absolutely nothing for you to have a hundred thousand people following you that wouldn't buy a t-shirt. You know, <laughs> come on now. That this part. was a story. That's a real story. Uh, uh, influencer came on and talked about this, and they were like, "I cannot," but you know, they had they had built a line and they couldn't get people to actually support what they were doing. And they were just talking about how important it is. Now they realize that they built everything from scratch, how important Mm -hmm. it is for them to make sure that they're actually providing value to the people that they could actually serve, you know? And so focusing on the right things is absolutely huge and keeping your mind in, like you said, that winning mindset. I think I might've mentioned it earlier, but it's worth mentioning again that, There's a podcast, it probably will have come out right before this one, where I interviewed one of our nonprofit organizations, and she got two grants in her first year, and we just talked about the process, because there are some nonprofits who don't get a grant in their first year, and so I wanted to talk to her and ask Mm -hmm. her about her process and how it went, and they were both smaller grants, but one thing she said was she applied 17 17 applications, which I had no idea. (laughs) 17 applications. Mm-hmm. Can you get a no wow. 16 times and still move on to that Come next Apply yeah. for that next application. Do what you I love it. Go and go up there. She went up there. It was a, it was actually a Walmart grant that she got um ended up getting approved for. But after she applied, she didn't just that wasn't the first step. And she talked about that this is what she teaches her children when it comes to jobs or anything like that. Um, no, if you don't hear from them in two days, you go up there and you hello. I just want to let you know I submitted my application. I'm this nonprofit. You know, putting that face and taking putting that relationship into play. Sometimes you have to be actually physically present and make those connections as well and being okay with just continuing on doing your steps and not necessarily focusing on the results other than to learn from them that's it learning tweaking and keeping it going absolutely so thank you so much thank you so much go ahead i'm sorry 
I'll I'll say this one real real quick. You know, when it when it comes to grant writing, some some and I've heard uh, some people who were they their journeys and their nonprofits, uh, which was absolutely amazing. Uh, there's this one woman uh, out of Texas uh, who has a, a nonprofit, and she 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 said she applied for a grant like a hundred times, the same grant a hundred times. Wow! You know? <laughs> uh, and and it, I think it was like on that one hundredth time, uh, she 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 got it. You know, so she kept applying and applying for the same grant. She goes, "We're we're, we're gonna get this. We're gonna get this. We're gonna get this right." So ninety nine notes. Oh and my goodness! Was a yes, and it was for a huge amount of money, and I mean mm. a huge amount of money. Okay, wow. Um, so that just goes to like, listen, if you're consistent, even if it's the same door, eventually mm-hmm. somebody's gonna get so annoyed of you and just want you to yep. go away. Yep. <laughs> but you didn't stop beating that door. You know, you Absolutely. were consistent with it. You had that winning mindset, like, hey, if I keep beating long enough, eventually the door is going to open up for me. So I just want to encourage all of the nonprofits out there. Listen, you know, don't get don't get discouraged with the no's. Don't get discouraged with not a lot of people supporting you. It's your the results come when you when you remain consistent. When people see you consistent, when you're able to when when you're able to get people excited about your vision that's when you'll be able to see results. It may not happen overnight, but it will eventually happen for you. Absolutely, absolutely. And nose is part of the process. It's part of the business. It's part of anything in life. You know, just that, that you, that's part of putting yourself out there is that you may get those no's. Um, and we'll just end. I have two little things that just was coming up. One, we always listen to a whole lot of podcasts and things like that. So me and hubby were just, we like taking road trips and stuff. So we were just on a road trip and we were listening to this podcast and it was an interview from um, Prodigy and he's more of, of the fan and stuff like that necessarily than I am. So I don't know a lot of his work, but I love anybody who have done anything and they're teaching like their life masterclass or something like that. I eat mm-hmm. those up like, you know, because those lessons are always transferable. And one of the things that they were saying was that their first album like flopped, ended up flopping. And they said right after their album came out and flopped, Nas's album came out and it was just so amazing. And he put all that, they noticed how much thought he put into everything. And it encouraged them to get back into the studio and to really like, just kind of like utilize that failure as a lesson to learn in order for them to go to the next level. And of course they ended up doing very well and ended up having success after success, but they could have just stopped at that first failure and decided, you know what, maybe this is not it. Maybe this is not, but instead utilize those things as fuel to really just keep you going and keep you encouraged as a nonprofit organization and make tweaks. You know, um, ask, go ahead and ask if you get a denial, go ahead and ask them, you know, is there something I could do to improve? I ask this question all the time when I write grants for clients and I get responses about 50% of the time where they'll be like, oh yeah, let's schedule a call. We'll tell you what you could have done differently and made adjustments with in order for this organization to be more likely to get approved. Mm -hmm. So really just use every little thing that you do as a lesson. Let it be a lesson for you. To, and let every every little mistake be a lesson for you to pour back into your organization, make mm. tweaks, and just keep going and focusing on that mission. When the mission is in mind, it's really, you know, it's really makes everything else a lot easier. 
because you're really just focused in on mm -hmm. this is my mission and I want to make sure that I accomplish this mission and do what I can to further this mission every single day. Absolutely. It was so wonderful talking with you, Miriam. Yes, absolutely. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having me, Miss Tracy. No problem at all. And we know that you are on Fiverr. Um, what is your Fiverr username? Uh, I, I, this is my first and last name, Miriam Mack. Miriam Mack. Okay, awesome, guys. And yeah. actually, Miriam just joined in on our team as well. She's doing some customer service, so you might actually hear from her also. Yes. When I, whenever I see other people who are in nonprofits, it's like, you know, it's amazing to, to see other people who are passionate in nonprofit because the nonprofit consultants that I knew when I started my nonprofit uh, consulting uh, business, they just did not, they didn't, they didn't seem like they looked like me. They didn't seem like they really understood where I was coming from um, and really understood what my community, where my community was coming from. So it's so good when I see other people that are helping in this field and feel passionate about this field, really doing something and making some changes in the community. So I appreciate you coming on. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me once again. I appreciate No problem at all. And thank you all so much for listening. I will make sure that I will include this information in the show notes as well. If you've been thinking of starting a nonprofit and you do not know where to begin, go ahead and go over to clarkandclark.org and download our nonprofit checklist. We have set up over 4,000 nonprofit organizations and we've assisted in receiving over $11.5 million in grant funding. If you got anything out of this, go ahead and take a snippet and share it in your stories. Tag us at Tracy Angelica Clark on Instagram, y'all. We really appreciate it. And that is how our podcast grows. Also feel free to leave a review as well if you have time to do that. And we will catch you all in the next one. Thank you so much for listening. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please feel free to leave a review if there was some type of nugget that you got out of this last episode. And if you are not following us on social media, you can follow us on Instagram at Tracy Angelica Clark and our website is clarkandclark.org. If you are interested in starting a nonprofit organization and you don't know where to begin, we have set up over 4,000 nonprofit organizations and we've helped them to receive over $11.5 million in grant funding. So reach out to me and I'll let you know when our next training program starts and I'll get you all the details on how to get started with a nonprofit today. If you have not already downloaded our free nonprofit crash course and checklist, you can do so at clarkandclark.org and I'll see you guys in the next one.